0: Yo, what's going on, Cover 7 family? It is your host, Mason Pierce, and we are back at it again with another episode of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast. And, guys, where there's some blockbuster trades that happened in the NFL, Deshaun Watson finally got moved. We will get into the team that he did end up getting traded to and what the team got in return for him. We've also got a key quarterback entering the transfer portal, specifically a Florida quarterback, and you'll never guess who. So before we do get into today's episode, guys, I do want to make sure that y'all first follow the official Instagram and TikTok of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast at Cover 7 with Mason Pierce. Link will be in the bio as always, and guys, let's get into today's news, and as always, y'all know we always start out with college football news, and there's actually only one college football news that we have for today's episode. And as regarding Florida quarterback Emory Jones, in case you don't know, Emory Jones has been with the program for a long time. He sat sat behind Kyle Trask when Kyle Trask was taking over the Florida signal calling. And, you know, it seemed like Emory Jones easily had the job once Kyle Trask, you know, graduated and went to the NFL. Now, talented freshman Anthony Richardson, obviously this past season we saw the talent, it's there. And at first, you know, Dan Mullen tried to split snaps between both of them going 50-50, which... Anthony Richards still outplayed Emory Jones majorly, showed a lot more ability, I guess. Emory's not a bad quarterback by any means, but obviously Anthony Richardson looked a lot more comfortable under the helm for the Fortigators, so obviously Anthony at the end of the season became a full-time starter, Emory Jones was still kind of eh. We all figured he was going to transfer, and then when Billy Napier came, you know, got hired to be the head coach of the Fortigators after Dan Mullen got fired. I mean, somehow he honestly convinced, I mean, that's probably the best word to use is he convinced Emory Jones to stay at Florida, which made no sense really because Emory literally would be sitting out this year regardless and he would not be playing at all. But it is official now, Emory has actually entered the transfer portal. Now you're probably wondering what school is he going to go to. I definitely would expect a lot of group of five schools, possibly Missouri, if you know they don't land J T Daniels, who's expected to take a visit to their school in the next week or two. So definitely watch out for that. You know, I mean, considering it's still the SEC. I mean, when you think of Missouri, you're probably like a bottom feeder because they are a bottom feeder school in the SEC. But regardless. Still the SEC, you're still going to get looked at no matter what. You got you got guys like Drew Locke, you know, who play quarterback there and actually is doing semi-decent after getting traded to the Seattle Seahawks from the Denver Broncos, but nothing less. I still think it's going to be good for Emory to, you know, get a change of scenery. I don't think Florida really utilized him in the right way. I don't think they used him to his full abilities. As we all know, he's a dual-ability quarterback. I mean, he can run very well. He can throw. When he wants to, he can throw pretty decent, but he has struggled with a lot of issues, you know, making the correct reads, throwing the, you know, just decent balls that have honestly cost him a lot of games, you know, and he's also had a lot of, you know, very huge turnovers. Like, when I remember when Florida this season, they almost beat Alabama when they played in Gainesville, and I think it was, was it a turnover or just... All I remember is there was something Emory did that costed Florida that game to upset at that time number one Alabama before A&M did. So it, I think Emory definitely would do better in, in a different environment. And, you know, we never know. He might have done better with Billy Napier. But as far as we know, Anthony Richardson does seem to be the future of the Florida Gators. And Emory Jones is, out, is going right out the door and is probably going to either go to a school like Missouri he'll go to a small group of five school you know for example louisiana uh louisiana lafayette definitely be a good school for him if you know he kind of just wants to rise his stock a little bit more because i think if he goes to missouri it's going to be kind of like what kelly bryant did the former clemson quarterback who transferred there after um, trevor lawrence took his spot definitely probably one of those situations where he goes there either had either struggles with injuries or just does not play up to expectations and ultimately crashes his draft stock so definitely interesting to see what happens to emory jones as he was super talented coming out of high school now guys that is it for college football now let's get on to all the huge and i mean huge nfl news that we had going on and once again as you all all know the free agency period is still young it's still there's. i mean i'm telling you guys every single day there's constantly 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 new contract extensions trades re-signings new contracts I mean, coaches getting hired, coaches getting fired. There's, it's just insane right now in the NFL world. So if y'all want to be able to keep up to date with all that news, please make sure you follow the TikTok and Instagram of the Cover Seven Podcast, because I'm telling you, you will not get any better news than what you'll be getting from the Cover Seven with Mason Pierce Instagram and TikTok. Now, for the first news we have, it's regarding projected first-round pick edge rusher David Ojabi or Ojabo from. University of Michigan. Um, it's actually pretty unfortunate news. He tore his Achilles at Michigan's pro day, which I know a lot of teams, for example, teams that had a lot of late round picks, etc., like the Browns who need an edge rusher in case Jadavion Clowney does not resign with them, and uh, I just know like Jacksonville, a lot of those teams, they are they were looking at him, kind of seeing if he could be an early second round pick, late first round, but obviously this will kill his draft stock. Definitely expect him to. I don't think he'll be a first-round pick, but I do think he will be a mid-to-late second-round pick. I'm hoping he recovers well. People are – not people, sorry. (laughs) The doctors that are actually, you know, helping him with his surgery and everything or just his rehab are expecting him to kind of make a recovery like Cam Akers did for the L.A. Rams earlier this year. So about six months or so. So he should be back right as um, preseason games are coming up. So that is definitely good news to hear for David because I remember him – him and Aiden Hutchinson, who were both on opposite opposite um, sides of the Michigan D-line, was absolutely disgusting. And I know against uh, Georgia, they you really probably thought, well, they didn't do Jack. Because they really didn't, but when you watch a lot of the game tape, especially the Ohio State game, they collapse the pocket for the quarterback and it makes that quarterback's job absolute hell because there's nowhere he can go. So nothing less. Someone's going to get a late-round steal, kind of like a, jok for the cleveland browns last year when they got him simply because he had a quote-unquote heart condition which he does have but teams found kind of an excuse not to pick this guy as a first round pick because of the quote-unquote risk so nothing less still would be a great pick for whoever decides to pick him in a later round now for the next news we have it's regarding the los angeles chargers they're signing tight end gerald everett to a two-year 12 million dollar contract i mean i mean this one makes complete sense jared cook obviously is only getting older He's not really going to be the future of them. And signing a guy like Gerald Everett, who was super talented with the Rams, obviously was above Tyler Higbee, in, in in my opinion, at least, in a talent aspect. And the fact that you're signing him for only $6 million a year when you can have a possible top 15 tight end in Gerald Everett when he's healthy, absolute steal for the Los Angeles Chargers. So great signing by them. Uh, the next news we have is regarding the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, the Bengals are signing offensive tackle Leo Collins, the former Dallas Cowboy to a three-year deal once again the Bengals are continuing and continuing and continuing to show Joe Burrow hey we want you to be our franchise quarterback for years and years and years and years to come and we know that we need to address the offensive line position as he got absolutely killed in the Super Bowl but by them going out and getting guys like Alex Kappa, Ted Car- Ted Karras and now Lael Collins I mean the Bengals offense is going to be insane and the fact they already have Jonah Williams at left tackle who you know obviously did not play his rookie year due to a torn ACL coming out of Alabama I still think he's a great young tackle for the Bengals and now you're adding a literal all pro and Leo Collins to the right side of that line watch out for the Bengals next year guys I mean I don't and here's the thing I don't want people to think the Bengals are going to be automatic Super Bowl contenders cuz no offense they are not a dynasty yet they're not what you would consider the Kansas City Chiefs or even you know New England Patriots esque and ta- not talent but just you know, playoff success, they had one good year. Now, if they have another good year, say they make it to the AFC Championship again and they lose or, you know, make it back to the Super Bowl and lose, definitely, that that obviously, that's a good sign for the future of the Bengals, who, as we all know, have no playoff success genuinely in its history or in their history, so nothing less. Definitely will be interesting to see. Now, it depends on what, what Leo Collins the Bengals will be getting, because if you're getting the healthy all-pro version, this is an absolute steal for them. But if you're getting the injured, constantly getting suspended, or just not as consistent play that the Cowboys got towards the end of his tenure with Dallas, then obviously this deal is just going to go to, you know, so... Nothing less good signing for the Bengals as they are still trying to protect Joe Burrow and prevent him from, you know, getting his knee blown out again. So great job by the Bengals front office. The next news we have is regarding the Green Bay Packers. And Packers fans, y'all finally will have some good news. (laughs) Y'all finally have some good news. Uh, The Green Bay Packers are re-signing tight end Robert Tanyan to a one-year deal. Absolutely is fantastic for them because, I I mean, you got rid of Devontae Adams for only a first and second round pick, so, yeah, at least resign someone that's, you know, going to help Aaron, because, he, apparently, Aaron already knew that Devontae was going to leave, and he still signed, so, obviously, Aaron, like I would spoken about in Friday's podcast, is kind of already expecting a downfall, or he just wants the money, and obviously, he got paid the back by the Green Bay Packers, so, Besides the point, Robert Tonian is a fantastic tight end. Now, I know he's coming off a huge, huge knee injury. So, definitely interesting to see how well he does this year. Obviously, is why they signed him to a one-year deal. Not going to, you know, take a major risk and sign him to some long extension where he's just having a lot of, you know, injuries and prevents him from being you know, the Pro Bowl-level talent that Robert Tonyan is for the Green Bay Packers. So, the next news we have is regarding the Los Angeles Rams. They are giving Super Bowl-winning quarterback Matt Stafford a four-year, $160 million contract extension to keep him in L.A. Not really shocking. I know in a past podcast, I talked about, you know, that the Rams and Matthew Stafford were working on a contract extension. It finally happened. He's officially staying in L.A., obviously well-deserved, led them literally his first year to a Super Bowl, and yes, do not get me wrong, that defense was stupidly talented when you have Vaughn Miller and Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, and even Eric Weddle, who came out of retirement miraculously played great, and then just went right back into whatever pit he came from, so, nothing less, he still had a great season, and he practically revived OBJ's career, he Showed how great Cooper Cup is. I mean, he he definitely deserves this $160 million contract. So congratulations to Matt Stafford. Um, the next news we have is regarding the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons have re-signed wide receiver slash running back slash punt returner slash kick returner slash quarterback. I mean, this guy can play any position you want him to. Um, Cordell Patterson, they have actually re-signed him to a contract. So once again, Falcons fans, after y'all choked a 28-3 to lead in trading for Deshaun Watson, y'all at least keep Cordell Patterson. Uh, I love this. Now, yes, I know he's aging, but this past season, he literally had a career year. I mean, he didn't put up crazy numbers, but when you watched him play, you saw how talented he was and how the Falcons actually utilized him right. You know, it's it's crazy to think they actually utilized a player right for once. So, nothing less, the Falcons will be keeping Cordell. So, any team that was interested in getting a utility player in Cordell Patterson, you no longer are able to. (laughs) But uh, the next news It's regarding the Dallas Cowboys, and there's actually a couple of Dallas Cowboys news, and they're eh, signings, but they're still signings. The Cowboys have signed wide receiver James Washington to a one-year deal. Obviously, this is to replace Cedric Wilson's role, not... Well, this is kind of to replace the wide receiver two position because, as we all know, it's literally just CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, and now James Washington. I don't know how they're going to use James Washington because unless it's gonna be rotating him and Michael Gallup out because as we all know James Washington is an outside receiver. He's been like that with Oklahoma State. He's been like that with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's not a slot you know, he's not a slot receiver. So if they're looking to sign James Washington to be a slot receiver to replace Cedric Wilson's role, you know, after Cedric went to Miami, then this is absolutely a horrible signing. But James Washington is a super talented deep field threat. Um, I'm telling you, he'll beat he'll beat your corner and man coverage nine times out of ten on deep routes. So good signing, but I think I'm hoping they use him more as rotational to let Michael Gallup, who is coming off a torn ACL, get a lot more rest and you know don't try to force him into the slot where he that is not his position at all. Because if you've watched him when him and Mason Rudolph were at Oklahoma State, you saw how this dude was a literally deep in the middle field threat and Putting him on the outside will absolutely do wonders for you. Now, obviously, when he was, you know, at when he was in Pittsburgh before he did, you know, become a free agent, obviously had a lot of struggles. When you're behind guys like Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, it's a crowded wide receiver room for the most part, you know, obviously before this for this free agency. But, you know, it was super crowded he never really got to show his true potential so i'm hoping with the cowboys getting rid of amari and then obviously cedric wilson leaving to go to miami this will allow for him to actually be able to show his potential do i think they'll keep him after this year absolutely not no way jerry's gonna sign him to another contract especially if he blows up and demands a lot more money there's no way so this is definitely kind of like a one-year rental but nothing less it's still a good signing uh the dallas cowboys have signed edge rusher dante fowler jr to a contract I think it was a one year deal, so it's eh, I mean obviously Dante's gonna have to play the role of Randy Gregory as you know, Randy Gregory absolutely backstabbed Dallas all all because of one little tweak in his contract because you know he wanted to go smoke some of the ganja and obviously he can't do that down here in Texas. So anyway, besides <laughs> besides that point, um Dante's not Dante is not a bad signing. I actually personally like this. Because when he was with the Rams and even Jacksonville, dude was electric. Um, when he signed Atlanta, obviously died down a lot more. I think partially it was because of the fact he signed a huge contract. And it always seems like every time a player signs a huge contract, their play just... It, it, it's, it's never as good anymore. Now, unless you're like Aaron Donald level, Jalen Ramsey you know level, then yeah, your play only seems to get better. But when Dante went to the Falcons, and obviously the Falcons are not the greatest defensive team of all time either... And that, you know, that franchise as a whole is not that amazing anymore. It probably, you know, slowly declined him as a player. But I'm hoping with him reuniting with Dan Quinn, who was his head coach in Atlanta before Dan Quinn got fired. Hopefully this will help, you know, us be able to get Dante Fowler back to that Pro Bowl level that he was when he was with the Jaguars and the Rams. Nothing less, it's a one year deal. It's a prove it deal. Obviously I think if he does great he might you know, not do what Randy Gregory did in backstab, but I really want to see how well it is. I like this signing. I really do. Uh, because, no offense, the fact that Buffalo gave Von Miller a six-year, $120 million contract, not that, he's deser- not that he's not deserving, but the fact that they were willing to spend that much money means we never had a chance because Jerry Jones is not going to offer a non-quarterback unless you're a Zeke that huge sum of money, so... But that's a good. But those are the signings for the Dallas Cowboys as of recently. This past weekend, uh, the next news we have it's regarding the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are re-signing defensive tackle Fletcher Cox to a one-year deal. And in case you don't remember, I originally said they released him, and this was this was solely due to cap reasons. He you know he had a huge cap, and they didn't want to pay him as much, so they said you know what we're going to release you, but we plan on bringing you back. We still want you to be our nose tackle. We still want you to absolutely kill the center. You know kill the center, get to the quarterback like you've done for so long. And they're bringing him back for at least one more year. So who knows if he's going to be a trade deadline piece come, you know, later this year. I doubt he will unless obviously he plays horrible, but Fletcher Cox is definitely not that type of player. So if we're going to have to wait and see. I really do think he might end up being a trade piece, not because he's not talented, but the fact that they don't want to pay an aging defensive lineman, you know, 15 million plus a year, which I don't partially really blame Philadelphia because we've seen how bad that is with guys like Don Terry Poe and etc. They're not that great. So, the next and the final news we have for the Philadelphia Eagles, they're re signing safety Anthony Harris to a one year deal. I didn't really watch too many Eagles games. Um, I remember watching Anthony Harris when he was in uh, Minnesota, him and um, Harrison Smith. Great safety duo uh all from what i've heard from philadelphia eagles fans he's pretty solid for him so i guess this is good the fact they don't have to go look and try and find a replacement for him so great signing for the philadelphia eagles um the next news we have is regarding the seattle seahawks they have released edge rusher carlos dunlap uh carlos kind of underperformed this year i'm not going to say that he was bad he wasn't bad by any means but he did underperform obviously his cap is another huge thing for seattle is they're Literally trying to just get as much cap space as they can, so releasing Carlos, who obviously probably had at most another year or two with the team, they figured we'll just get it over with right now, rip the Band-Aid off, and now they created a lot more cap space for him. So that is what it is what it is. Now the Baltimore Ravens, they are actually they are actually signing a familiar face, defensive tackle Michael Pierce, to a three-year, sixteen and a half million dollar contract. Um, In case you don't know, Michael originally signed to the Minnesota Vikings after coming off a couple career years with the Baltimore Ravens, and absolutely was injury-ridden for the Vikings. I think he only played in a couple games total. I knew he was out all of 2020, and in 2021, he barely played due to more injuries, so they kind of just said, forget this, but he's still a great nose tackle, definitely eats up a lot of that line. And he actually has my dad's name, so, I mean, exact Michael Pierce. That's literally my dad's name, exact, so I've always kind of liked him for that reason. But he he is a great football player, though. Uh, The Green Bay Packers, they actually made some pretty underrated news. They are re-signing cornerback Rasul Douglas. I remember watching Rasul when he was coming out of West Virginia, and I thought, this dude, literally, there's no chance he's not going to be a star in the NFL Obviously, did not turn out that way. He kind of bounced back and forth between teams and practice squads before finally finding his home with the Packers this past year. And he just balled out for him. I remember that game against Arizona. Dude was a stud. And, yeah, he's getting a three-year deal in return for being that great corner that obviously the Packers need. Him and Jair Alexander are nasty together. Obviously, Kevin King declined like crazy, so... This is pretty much his replacement, repla- and it is Rasul Douglas. Now, next news we have is regarding the Carolina Panthers. The Carolina Panthers are signing Matt Ioannidis to a one-year deal. Um, I think it's good for Derek Brown specifically, the former uh, Carolina Panthers first-round pick. Definitely good to have a veteran, a, you know, a very good veteran at that with Matt Ioannidis. who had a great career with Washington. So, allowing him to learn from Matt would definitely be good for the Carolina Panthers. And their whole D line, specifically defensive tackles. Um, I'm not gonna say it's a great, great signing. Obviously, it's more of just a, eh, well, we need we need some defensive line help, so you know, come over here, we'll pay you a little bit of money, and yeah, so eh, it's, it's okay signing by the Carolina Panthers. Uh, the Carolina Panthers have also re-signed cornerback Dante Jackson to a three-year deal. I love this. I've always kind of, I've always kind of, you know, I, I've always loved the way Dante Jackson played corner. Just ball hawking you know what i mean he's 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 always been a very underrated corner now he hasn't had a lot of moments where he'll get burnt or he'll just completely miss a you know miss his zone but nothing less he's still a great corner definitely there's not going to be that many great corners on the market right now so carolina figured hey we'll keep him around We'll you know we'll sign him back for another three years i, I mean it's it's a low risk high reward once again because he can play to a pro bowl level we all saw it at lsu so great signing for them the Carolina Panthers are signing star wide receiver DJ Moore to a three-year, $61 million contract extension. I mean, what more do you say about DJ? I mean, he has played with some of the worst quarterbacks to start his career and has absolutely balled out. I mean, yes, you can say, well, Cam Newton's not a bad quarterback because when he was coming out of Maryland, that was the quarterback at the time. Well, you got to remember, this is not Cam Newton in 2015. That was, you know, supermanning over everyone, dabbing on everyone. You know, the Cam Newton that was having fun. This was a Cam Newton that was coming off of injuries and coming off of just horrible performances in games and, you know, pretty much realizing, hey, this is my end of my tenure in Carolina. And then not to add on the fact that he's had to deal with Teddy Bridgewater, who was was, eh, I'm not going to say Teddy was awful because he's played a lot better than most of the quarterbacks that DJ has had. And then the fact that also DJ had to deal with guys like PJ Walker, pj walker actually was probably one of the better ones in my opinion i'd say he's definitely probably top two that dj morse had to you know be, get the ball thrown from and then you gotta remember he's had sam darnold he's had will greer i mean he's just had a huge line of quarterbacks that are just not really good that's probably the best way to put it so but no nothing less He he's balled out every year he's been in the league and honestly i think a three-year 61 million is very underrated for him I definitely think the Carolina Panthers definitely got a little bit of a hometown discount from DJ, but nothing less. Great job by them for keeping him in Carolina. The next news we have, it's still. Regard- i him telling you, the Carolina Panthers have been making some little underrated, some some little underrated signings. They've never. They're, they're not going to splash. They're not going to. You know, obviously losing Deshaun Watson hurt them a lot because. I'm telling you last off off season I thought it was a guarantee he was going to Carolina. I thought the cap situation, I thought with the players they had around him with Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey, I thought it was a guarantee that, you know, Deshaun was going to go to Carolina. Obviously, things didn't unfold. Deshaun ended up in Cleveland and we will get into that a little bit later. And yeah, so that's kind of Carolina's just kind of having to work with Sam Darnold, work with the quarterbacks they have at hand. I definitely think maybe not in this year's draft, but I definitely would assume if they you know, they kinda just flunk this year that they will target a guy like Spencer Rattler or whoever might you know, we might have the next Kenny Pickett for next season. So but no, the um the Carolina Panthers have signed linebacker Corey Littleton to a one year contract. Once again, it's another one of those things where it depends on what Corey Littleton you're getting, because if you're getting the Rams Corey Littleton, you're getting an absolute stud. But if you're getting the Raiders, Corey Littleton you're, it's just a waste of a year, so, but he is a great, he is a great, great linebacker, he has great explosiveness, and he's, a, he's got a high IQ when it comes to reading lanes, so, nothing less, still a decent um, signing by the Carolina Panthers, and the last news we actually have for the Carolina Panthers is the fact they are signing punter Johnny Hecker to a three-year, seven-and-a-half million dollar contract, um, so, yeah, that's really it for the Carolina Panthers. Now, the next news we have is regarding the Chicago Bears. They are signing wide receiver Byron Pringle to a one-year, $6 million contract. Guys, do not... Okay, <sighs> the thing is with Byron Pringle, and I even remember watching him out of Kansas State. He is good. He is very good. Once again, is a great deep-field threat. But when you, when you have a stacked wide receiver room like Tyreek Hill... McCole Hardman, DeMarcus Robinson, and just all the receivers that the Kansas City Chiefs have, you're bound to get some weak corner on you, and that will open up the field a lot more for you. Now, when you're about to have a guy like Justin Fields, who's coming off one of the worst rookie years I've ever seen, and I'm not saying it is the worst, but it was awful his rookie year, and yes, that old line for the Bears is absolutely disgustingly bad, but when you're going to have a young rookie, really, because he Really did not play too, too much with the Bears this season. And just to add on the fact that you're practically their only hope at receiver now because, you know, obviously Allen Robinson left for L.A. So do not expect to be getting the Chiefs' Byron Pringle. I'm just going to let y'all Bears fans know this right away. He's not going to put up some insane stats. He'll probably put up 500, 600 yards at most. And that is the Byron Pringle y'all are going to be getting. Y'all are not going to be getting that Kansas City Chiefs Byron Pringle that practically would go off in games when you know Tyreek was getting double covered, when when Travis Kelsey was getting double covered, and when McCole Hardman would be getting a lot, a lot, a lot of zone on him. So it is what it is. It's still a good signing, nothing less. And also, Chicago Bears fans, y'all got some more unfortunate news. Y'all are not actually signing defensive tackle Larry Ogunjobi. The reason why is because Larry, he failed a – Physical, so he's a that deal is officially off. Larry is still a free agent, and the Chicago Bears are still looking for a defensive tackle. (laughs) Man, Bears fans, I still feel horrible because y'all traded away one of y'all's only decent defensive players left in Khalil Mack. Now, yes, y'all still have Eddie Jackson who's still good, and don't even say Robert Quinn because Robert Quinn did okay, he did, he had a bounce back year. But he's not the old Robert Quinn that we remember with the Rams. So definitely it's going to be interesting to see how defensively the Bears look come week one. Now the next news we have, it's regarding the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're signing safety Logan Ryan to a deal, and I love this for Tampa Bay. I absolutely love it. The fact that New York released him was a mistake, and the fact they let him sign to Tampa Bay was an even bigger mistake. Why you might ask? Because Tampa Bay has already got a stacked defense. They've got they've got a stacked front seven with Devin White, Levante David. You got Shaquille Baird. I mean, list goes on and on and on and Dominican Sue, And you just help them with safety with a I'm telling you a pro bowl safety in Logan Ryan, who has been consistent throughout his whole career, whether it was with the Patriots, Titans, and even the Giants. He played decent with the Giants. People still forget. So Great signing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Dallas Cowboys have agreed to a one-year deal with linebacker Leighton Vander Esch. Once again, we couldn't land our hands on Bobby Wagner probably. We lost out on the whole Von Miller sweepstakes. So we do. So we will at least get one more year of LVE in Dallas. Once again, obviously if he gets injured, that will definitely be the end of his tenure. But if he balls out, definitely expect him to get a contract extension. I would not be shocked. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs they're signing wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster to a one-year, ten and a half million dollar contract. <sighs> um, I would be lying to y'all if I said that this was shocking to me, because we all knew Juju was going to end up going to a team like the Chiefs or the Jets or something like that. He was not going to stay in Pittsburgh. There's no reason for him to stay in Pittsburgh now Mitchell Trubisky is a starting quarterback in Pittsburgh. And that pretty much probably solidified the fact that Juju was like, okay, Deuce, I'm going to go do TikToks with Jackson Mahomes. And he decided to join the Mahomes family in Kansas City. I I mean, honestly, I think it's a great signing for, (laughs) for the Chiefs, in my opinion, because they did lose Byron Pringle. And yes, obviously, Juju's a lot more expensive. But Juju has a lot more upside. And we all saw that in his rookie season in 2018. When he balled out completely with him and Antonio Brown, so definitely something to watch out for and see how it kind of unfolds because I really want to, I'm really kind of you want to see how well Juju does do in Kansas City because he has not, he honestly he's not done that great these past couple of years. He's been solid, but he's not been the Juju of 2018 where we honestly thought that he was going to be Antonio Brown's replacement and so did the Steelers, but. Obviously, that did not end up happening, and that is why he is signing with the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, for the biggest news and pretty much the main headline that y'all will always see going forth right now in the sports world, the Cleveland Browns are sending three first-round picks and two additional picks to the Houston Texans for quarterback Deshaun Watson. Now, the first question that I know a lot of Cleveland fans are going to ask is, were these picks really important? And I'm going to tell you right now, the fact y'all got a guy like Deshaun Watson is completely should not matter at all what y'all gave up because y'all all y'all all, y- all y'all did was give up three first round picks, a third and a fifth for a franchise changing player and potentially one of the better quarterbacks in NFL history when healthy. He threw he threw for 4000 yards last season with a Texans roster that practically had nobody except Brandon Cooks 4000 yards I mean that's unheard of or the year sorry, sorry no, the year before and obviously he sat out this past year but the year before and he is super agile obviously he's a dual threat quarterback but he's got an arm like that Lamar Jackson wish he had and to add on to that too you know the the Browns are going to be giving him an extension as well too so he's still going to be he's going to be sticking around with Cleveland for another 5 years. So and the only other concern really that Browns fans should have is depending on what happens with these civil cases and if you know say Deshaun gets suspended 6 to 10 games this year cuz once again criminally he was found not guilty those charges are gone but he still does have civil lawsuit cases going on currently right now. Now if those are go away there's no reason he should be suspended in my opinion. But once again, kind of like another Zeke situation, he could still see three to six games suspended just because he put himself in a situation like that. But nothing less, huge addition for the Cleveland Browns who now finally pretty much said goodbye to Baker Mayfield. And you know, the fact Baker Mayfield is going to be out of Cleveland, definitely don't know where. A lot of people were saying the Colts. I definitely could see the Colts, but I feel like it's going to be one of those shocking teams once again like we saw with Deshaun Watson where it looked like Deshaun completely did not want to go to Cleveland and then he makes a complete 360 and realizes hey they're getting rid of you know Baker Mayfield they just got Amari Cooper they're probably going to make a couple more signings now the fact that they have you know they have you so once again is a great trade for Cleveland all you had to give up was three first round picks and literally two late round picks that was a f- f- steal of a trade in my opinion you didn't even have to give up a player I thought, generally, they were going to have to give up Denzel Ward or someone of that value, and they didn't have to give up anyone. I definitely think they could have used Landry, maybe, and so they could have done, like, two first-round picks, Jarvis Landry, and et cetera, but either way, the Cleveland Browns' starting quarterback is Deshaun Watson. Now, in other news for the Cleveland Browns, they are signing quarterback Jacoby Brissett to a one-year deal. Um, this, is because, uh, this is because they... Um, the Cleveland Browns, they traded Case Keenum to the Buffalo Bills for a 7th round pick. So obviously they needed to get a backup quarterback considering that Baker Mayfield will be getting traded here soon. Unless Baker Mayfield's going to become a 3rd string quarterback. Because I don't think they're going to pay Jacoby Brissett just to simply sit, sit on the sideline and do nothing. Because Jacoby Brissett has been known to be one of the better backups in the league. Obviously when he started for Indianapolis years ago, it was horrible. But when he has been a backup, he has been solid. So... This pretty much solidifies the fact that Baker Mayfield will be on his way out of Cleveland. Now, the next news we have is regarding the Tennessee Titans. Now, the Titans are signing former Browns tight end Austin Hooper to a one-year, $6 million contract. I love the signing for the Titans. They have absolutely no tight ends. If y'all can genuinely name me a tight end on that roster besides Jeff Swan or Swam, however you say his name, I will pay you money because... The Titans have always struggled with finding good tight ends. I would have loved to see maybe Rob before Tom Brady came out of retirement to go to Tennessee. But the fact they are signing a guy like Austin Hooper who has been to two Pro Bowls and you know signed a huge deal with Cleveland coming out of Atlanta. So fantastic signing for the Tennessee Titans. The next news we have and could easily be one of the biggest news. The Tennessee Titans are trading their 2023 6th round pick to the Los Angeles Rams for wide receiver Robert Woods. Now, you're probably wondering why would they trade Robert Woods and why would they give him up for such cheap price? Well, Robert Woods, he tore his ACL last season, you know, effectively ending his year. And the fact that the Rams just signed Allen Robinson to a three-year, 40-something million-dollar contract definitely, and I mean definitely did not help Robert Woods' case in staying with the team. And plus the fact he is a lot older and Allen Robinson is a younger, in my opinion, not more talented, but gives the team a lot more depth definitely added on to the fact why they traded Robert Woods to the Tennessee Titans but this is actually fantastic for the Titans as they just released Julio Jones and it gives them a great wide receiver too to kind of solidify AJ Brown as the wide receiver one of the Titans now guys that is it for the NFL side of today's news and man I'm telling y'all there will continue to be a lot more so make sure y'all do follow the official Instagram to stay updated now let's get into some MLB news and we have a decent amount and there's actually Some of the more major signings in the MLB and a lot of the more notable signings and free agents have been signed. So The first news we have is regarding the New York Yankees. They're trading first baseman Luke Voigt to the San Diego Padres for right-handed pitcher pitcher Justin Lange. Um, The reason why they're trading Luke Voigt is for the fact that they they re-signed Anthony Rizzo after failing to get first baseman Freddie Freeman from the Atlanta Braves. Not really shocking because Luke Boyd doesn't want to be the DH for the Yankees. And obviously, he's too talented just to sit at the DH position. So they decided, well, we'll get a really good pitching prospect back for him and we'll send him to the Padres now that you know the DH has been a universal rule now throughout the National League and the American League. The next news we have is regarding the Atlanta Braves. They're signing closer Kinley Jansen to a one-year, $16 million contract. Um, not horrible. Not horrible. I'd say it's probably a meh signing. It's a meh. Because you are giving him a decent amount of money for a closer. But, I mean, Kinley has been one of the better closers throughout all of baseball. I know this past year definitely was not his best year, but he's still super talented. The next news we have is regarding the Philadelphia Phillies, and they actually made another splash. The Phillies have signed outfielder Nick Castellano to a five-year, $100 million contract. Wow. I definitely did not see Nick going to Philly. Now, this does put Philly over the luxury cap or the luxury tax, but they were willing to go over it to continue to better that outfield now that they have Bryce Harper, Nick, and Kyle Schwarber, unless Kyle plays a DH, so... I mean, wow, Phillies are looking like actual playoff contenders for once, so watch out for them. Uh, The biggest MLB news, and this actually happened literally at 1 in the morning for me (laughs) on Saturday, the Minnesota Twins have signed shortstop Carlos Correa to a three-year, $105.3 million deal. Now you're probably wondering, that's such a short deal, wouldn't he want a long-term deal? Well, the reason why he actually signed this is because if things go haywire with the with the Minnesota Twins, which it probably will, he can get traded after like half a year with them. He'll still get paid a lot of money, but then he'll be able to go to a different team. It's kind of one of those things where he wanted a lot more guaranteed money, and the Twins were willing to pay for him, but he didn't want to be with them long term. So definitely expect him to get traded in between that one to three year range and he'll end up on an actual contender say the yankees or something like that once they give up you know a hefty price to get obviously the talented shortstop so nothing less it's still a good signing for the twins because if the twins are actual contenders i mean he'll stay with them but definitely just just remember that this isn't like he'll actually full-on stay with the twins for that whole three years because there's a lot of things in his contract that would allow him to leave the twins if they just completely play like normal twins. So uh, the Miami Marlins, they're signing outfielder Jorge Soler to a three-year, $36 million contract. I love this for the Marlins. The Marlins will definitely not make the playoffs for the next 15 years, but it's still a good signing. Shows they're trying to at least improve the outfield, still trying to improve the baseball team, even after Derek Jeter left. Uh, Obviously, the reason why Derek Jeter left was because he really did not see a vision in Miami that they wanted to win. They're more business oriented and just wanted to make money. But nothing less, signing Jorge Soler, who just got off a, i mean, a crazy good postseason with the Braves. So good signing for the Miami Marlins. And the final news we have for for MLB, the Boston Red Sox have signed star short or have signed star shortstop. I'm telling you, try saying that 500 times in a row. The Boston Red Sox have signed star sh- uh, shortstop Trevor Story to a six-year, $140 million contract. Wow. Now, obviously, he would not be playing shortstop with the Boston Red Sox as, as Xavier Bogarts is the current starting sh- uh, shortstop for the Red Sox, but he will be playing second base with Rafael Devers at third. So, wow, the Red Sox really just made a huge splash, and honestly, I'm kind of shocked. I definitely thought he would be going to, like, the Yankees, but apparently the Yankees weren't giving these guys enough money, because apparently they didn't give Carlos Correa what he wanted, and apparently they didn't give Trevor Story that either, so Trevor said, you know what, I'm just going to go to y'all's rivals, and he went to the Red Sox, but the Red Sox are looking actually dangerous, that infield is absolutely insane, so definitely watch out for the Red Sox this year, and guys, for the final news of today's episode, we're going to be talking about LeBron James, now yes, I'm actually going to talk about LeBron, I'm not going to just joke, LeBron James has passed Karl Malone with 36,928 points to become the second on the NBA all-time scoring list while only trailing legendary center Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Wow. LeBron is definitely solidifying himself as a GOAT. He's not THE GOAT. In my opinion, there is no GOAT. Michael Jordan obviously is one of THE GOATs. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is one of THE GOATs. LeBron James is one of THE GOATs. But none of them are better than each other. They all were unique in their own ways. Right, MJ was a point guard. LeBron was a forward. Kareem was a center. I mean, so I hate when people try to say, "Oh, well, Michael was better than him. LeBron was better than him. You know, Karl Malone was better than him." You know what I mean? Just blabbering. And this, yes, I know I'm only 16, and I know that I was not able to watch these guys in their primes, besides LeBron. But to say that any of these guys are better than LeBron, and to say LeBron is better than any of these guys, is absolute, just disrespectful. Because all these guys are legends and all of them are goats in my opinion. And I hope y'all actually look at it like that. And just and just you know admire the fact that we were able to watch such legendary figures in the NBA. So, But nothing less, congrats to LeBron James. It's an absolute huge accomplishment to be able to be up in that tier of legends in the NBA. Now guys, I really hope y'all did enjoy today's episode. I know I absolutely enjoyed it. Um, make sure that y'all do have a great week. Continue to watch a lot of March Madness. I know I will definitely be watching a lot of March Madness come later this week. And as I'm watching this right now, I'm watching my Horn Frogs take on the Arizona Wildcats. So pray for me. But <laughs> nothing less, guys. I hope you all have a fantastic Monday. And before I do let you all go, make sure that you all do, please, 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 please make sure that you all do follow the official Instagram and TikTok of the Cover 7 with the Mason Pierce podcast at Cover 7 with the Mason Pierce. But nothing less, guys. I will talk to you all on Wednesday. Peace.